0: I'm your host,
1: Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, which is home base for me. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and equipping leaders to do the same for their employees in terms of cultivating meaning and purpose in the workplace. I bring on guests who have a particular perspective or experience that I think contributes to or expands this conversation, and as a management consultant and social scientist, I draw on the meaning of work and identity research I've been doing over the last 15 years, as well as from my own consulting, speaking, and developing experience work across the globe. Last week, if you missed the show live, you can always catch a recorded podcast. We were on the air with Kate White, the New York Times bestselling author of 12 murder mysteries and thrillers and several popular career books, including the Gutsy Girl Handbook, her manifesto for success. She is the previous editor in chief of Cosmopolitan magazine as well. We talked about several of the success tips in her book and how she has used them in her own career, making her way in what was then very much a man's world then as a leader. With us this week is Gwen Rich. She is a wife, mother of four, an accredited image stylist, small business owner, philanthropist, and Wall Street Journal best-selling author of "Stop Complaining, Make Your Own Luck." After eight years and eight misdiagnoses, Gwen was ultimately diagnosed with incurable metastatic breast cancer in 2012. Struggling to decide what to do with the time she had left, she launched the Gwen Marie Collection, purses with a purpose, in 2014. Gwen continues to fulfill her mission of helping others. Her legacy on the go is the development of an online teaching community called The Rich Solution. Today, we'll talk about the history of breast cancer, what women can do to prevent it, and hear about these amazing initiatives she's pouring herself into despite her diagnosis. She joins us today from Chicago, Illinois. Gwen, welcome to Working on Purpose. It's amazing to have you here.
2: Thank you. Oh, I'm so uh,
1: excited to be here. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here with you and your viewers. Oh my gosh. You know, it's, it's, you're so welcome. And I, from the moment that we met, um, I was just so honored and, um, really moved by who you are Gwen as a person and what you're up to in life um, and to that end, I do want to start this 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 conversation by crediting the woman who did bring us together and that's henda Samaran she's a dear friend of mine and you caught wind of her and and your and your story and if you want to say more about that that's great um, but if you would start by sharing the story of you of discovering your your own cancer if you will <coughs>
2: Yeah, so it was a long road. I was misdiagnosed for eight years, so I'm not going to go over that because that takes a long time. But it got to the point where after the eighth doctor, someone recommended I actually go see a different type of a doctor, a neurosurgeon, and which I did. So that was the ninth doctor who was had a total different perspective. This doctor um, ordered an MRI for me, which none of the other doctors would order a new one. I had one done in 2004, which they were all privy to. And of course, this new MRI that was done in 2012 um, showed the lytic lesions all down my spine that all the other doctors had missed over the eight years, as well as the mammograms had missed. Um, So I know that sums it up very shortly. It was a very long, painful eight years, but I certainly was relieved. I was actually blessed when I got the diagnosis Um, I don't know if anyone who's listening has ever had some type of a symptom or chronic pain, um, and then the doctors can't figure out what it is, and that's what happened to me for eight years, and so they really thought, I I thought I was crazy. No one believed me. So finally, when I got the diagnosis, uh, November, November 6, 2012, I was actually relieved and blessed that finally I had something, I knew what it was, and we could move forward from there
1: you are so strong Gwen so strong um, I, I want to also say a little bit about uh, our comment from Henda um, it, because I, I'm wondering how it was that you crossed paths with her so Henda got cancer breast cancer when, in her, I think it was her early 40s and then she got clear of it and then she went off immediately and got a, had a heart attack so she survived both breast cancer and a heart attack in like a short amount of time and what does she do is she trots herself down to Austin, Texas and gets a bill passed called Henda's Law and that law is designed to be able to help alert women that um, just just mammography is not the only way to be able to detect that there might be a presence of tumors, it's, especially if you have dense breast tissue. And I really applaud that she was able to do that. She's now actually working to create that effort on, an, on a national basis. How did you cross paths with Henda?
2: Yeah, uh, I was very fortunate. And I say very lucky. So when I was first diagnosed... I did what a lot of people do, and I went on the internet, um, which I didn't I don't do that anymore, and it was shortly thereafter that I stopped doing it because that it becomes too overwhelming. But I was fortunate enough that going through the internet, I found out about Henda and henda 's law, and I thought this was the most amazing woman, and when I was thinking about what I was going to do with the rest of the time I have left because I was di- my cancer diagnosis is incurable. And I thought, well, gosh, you know, at that time, I think there was only 20-some states. And I thought, you know what, Illinois is not one of them. That's what I'm going to do. And I thought, you know, I can't do that. I hate politics. It's too negative. I need something that's going to be positive, something that I'm passionate about. I would have been passionate about that, but it's just too much negativity, too much stress. Um, And so... I just thought I want to meet this woman one day and it just so happens we do some my husband and I do some philanthropic work in in Dallas and they were having their networking um, meeting the next morning and I was asked if I wanted to go as a businesswoman to uh, promote my business the Gwen Ree collection and they she asked me if I know who Henda was and I said you've got to be kidding me you're not talking about Henda with Henda's law are you and she said yes and she said, "Well, you can meet her," and I went, "Oh my gosh!" So that was someone who I wanted to meet, and and did get the pleasure of meeting her, and it was it's been wonderful ever since. So we stay connected as much as we can with both of our busy lives.
1: Well, and you're both up to some really powerful things, and I want to talk more about what you're up to here a little bit later. But before we get into that, Gwen, I really want to help our listeners understand just the sheer academic epidemic issue related to breast cancer for, for women across the globe. Can you just give us some stats about how many women might be dealing with it or have dealt with it or maybe have we've lost?
2: Sure absolutely yeah i think it's important to put it in context so breast cancer is the most common cancer in women worldwide it's the second most common cancer overall and it's the leading cause of cancer death in the less developed countries and it's the second leading cause of cancer death in american women which is exceeded only by lung cancer so Breast cancer is the most frequently diagnosed cancer among women of 140, excuse me, in 140 of 184 countries. So globally, breast cancer now represents one in four of all cancers in women. So to bring it more here in the United States, um, in 2017, we had 60 over 63,000 that were diagnosed They were in pseudo cases, and that means that the cancer stayed in its place. And we also, the same year, had over 250,000 invasive cases, and that's where the cancer moves from the primary site to somewhere else, whether that's an organ or bones. Um, And deaths, um, we had in 2017, over 40,000, and that's just in the year 2017. So it affects a lot of people. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that is a lot of numbers. That's a, a lot. I, I want. I don't. I didn't know any of those numbers, and I. But I wanted. I knew they were big. I just. But, but I thought it was important for us to start by talking about just just the sheer size of this this issue, this problem. And, and when I when I think about breast cancer, you know, I remember when my grandmother was alive. She's been gone for years. Um, but you know, I don't remember us ever talking about anything like that when she was around. So I think it would also be interesting to understand what's the history behind breast cancer. Where did this disease come from? And how long we really known about it.
2: Yeah, and that's a good question because I think most people, in fact, I've never talked about history with other people, not even my doctor. So most people it's not a general conversation. Um, so the first humans that knew about breast cancer was a long time ago and that dates back to 3000 to 2500 BCE. The first radical mastectomy was done in 1882. So then we jump all the way to 1895 and that's when the first x-ray was taken, Uh, 1937 radiation therapy was used in addition to surgery. And then we jump all the way to 1978 and that's when the first drug tamoxifen was approved by the FDA FDA. and this is still used today. This is the first drug, it's usually the first course of treatment um, depending on what type of breast cancer you have that they start off with. That's what I used, only lasted about six months for me. In 1985 they discovered the early stage breast cancer and those that were treated with a lumpectomy and radiation had similar survival rates to the women who were treated only with the mastectomy so that's interesting um jump to 1995 and we get into the scientists found the clone the tumor suppressor for the BRCA1 and 2 gene which is very important we'll talk about the mutation later on 1996 FDA approves which is a drug I went on. This is considered a chemo drug. um, And this is only for certain types of cancer. um, And it helps to stop the tumor growth. Let's see. um, 1998, we have tamoxifen. decreases the risks of breast cancer for the women who are at risk uh, um, by 50%. So that's a big number. Um, We also have in 2006 another drug raloxifene so it reduces breast cancer risk for the postmenopausal women there are a lot of factors when you have breast cancer and, and it if you're postmenopausal or menopausal can depend on what drugs you can take so we know that breast cancer is becoming a much more personalized as the doctors learn more about this disease so we see the disease with subtypes That have different patterns and ways of acting on the body so it has the ability to isolate specific genes and clarify breast cancer and in the beginning so you can have a more tailored treatment option um, which is really important it's really helping with the care of patients with their treatment hopefully they don't have to go through you know treatments that don't work and cause a lot of side effects. So we've really come a long way with that. Definitely come a long way since ancient Greece. We know a lot more about breast cancer forms and how to treat it. And I think what is more important is that early detection and treatment is considered the best line of defense against breast cancer. So I know we're going to talk about some of that stuff later on.
1: Yes. Um, so one of the things this just most recently when I think about how we're, what some of the things we're doing to try to arm ourselves with this here. Um, so m- mammography versus 3D imaging. What's the difference there?
2: Right. And that's a great question. So one, of okay, what I didn't mention about my diagnosis, I, I mentioned that eight mammograms missed my cancer. That means eight radiologists missed it too and that's because I have dense breast tissue and my doctors did not inform me of that and so when a woman has dense breast tissue she is at a higher risk for breast cancer and one of the drawbacks with a mammogram is that it cannot see the tumor you have to think about the back of the film of a mammogram is white a tumor is white so it's like looking for a snowball in a snowstorm So, just like myself, there are many women who go misdiagnosed if they have a mammogram because you cannot see the tumor. And so now, and thanks to Henda's law, it's I think in 35 states now, um, but we have better imaging. So, you can have a whole breast ultrasound, you can have 3D mammography, you can have light therapy, many different options so a woman doesn't have to feel like a mammogram is the only thing. In fact, if you have dense breast tissue, I would recommend that everyone go into your and you demand one of the 3D options, because a mammography is just not going to do it for you.
1: You know, Gwen, that's so important, and I want to add on to what you just said there, because when I talked in the beginning about Henda Samron and her Henda's Law, the importance of that, the significance of that is just exactly what's happened to you and what happened to her, and that was that she went going through her mammograms for all those years and getting the clear signal coming out of them but never being told that she had dense breast tissue so that she never knew to ask for other options and so what Henders does is it actually says to women look you know there are some women many women have dense breast tissue and it looks like you do in this in some cases in which case, you should look at other options to evaluate your, your your you know, whatever concerns that you might have or potential risks. That is the value of Henda's Law, is of being able to declare that to women, that they either have dense breast tissue and have, need to look for other ways to look for ways to see if they've got any tumors um, or that is even present in and of itself. Because most of us women didn't know that before she came to the table with that. Correct. Act. Yeah, yes. it's yep. so important. I'm such a fan of what she's doing. And in fact, as I, as I said, I know she's out there still evangelizing. And listeners, you know, both Gwen and Henda need help on this issue. So if you're interested and want to lend a hand, we need more feet and more hands. So just yeah. um, <laughs> there's ways to find both Gwen and I. Um, so. So Gwen, anything else? I mean, I really appreciated that the historical perspective that you just gave us. I had no idea that we had this this inkling way back to three thousand B. C. Um, anything else that we need to understand about the history of breast cancer?
2: Yeah, I think there's something that's really important. So, cancer is caused by changes to our molecular structures in the body called genes. Okay, so these changes are known as mutations abnormalities, and they could be caused by randomly uh, things like outside influences like pollution, smoking, sun exposure, um, because they could be inherited through your family line as well. But not everyone is born with a gene mutation will develop this cancer. So inherited gene mutations may be passed from either parent and may increase the risk in both men and women, I said men too and the risk from inherited gene mutation varies greatly um, depending on the abnormality and other factors but I think what people need to know is that just like we all have cancer genes in our body and whether they're turned on or not is the question, on or off, the BRCA1 and 2 gene which is the mutation for breast cancer. So not everyone has it. About 12% of women in the general population will develop cancer due to the BRCA gene. But what they need to know, so many women, they're frozen by the the knowledge that someone in their family or maybe they have the BRCA gene. So they automatically feel that they're going to get it. They're just doomed. And they may have the mentality that I'm not going to do anything about it because I'm automatically going to get cancer. But I'll get into it a little bit later. There's so much that you can do. Even if you have the gene does not mean you are going to get the disease, which I think is really important um, to note. There are risk factors uh, to develop to develop breast cancer something like um drinking alcohol i don't think women
1: realize that if they drink alcohol they increase the risk for breast cancer well oh, hold on uh, hold that factors. thought if you hold that thought if you would Gwen. i okay. want to talk more about um, how to actually prevent cancer there might be some of those things in that bucket as well but let's grab our first sure. break here real quick i'm okay, your host sure. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We're on the air with Gwen Rich. She is a wife, mother of four, an accredited image stylist, small business owner, philanthropist, and Wall Street Journal bestselling author of Stop Complaining, Make Your Own Luck. She joins us today from Chicago, Illinois. We've been talking a bit about her own diagnosis with breast cancer and the history of this particular disease. After the break, we're going to get into some of the ways we can prevent this cancer. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
3: Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.alisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose
0: this is working on purpose with elise cortez to reach our program today send an email to elise a-l-i-s-e at elisecortez.com now back to working on purpose
1: If you're just joining us, my guest is Gwen Rich. After eight years and eight misdiagnoses, Gwen was ultimately diagnosed with incurable metastatic breast cancer in 2012. Struggling to decide what to do with the time she had left, she launched the Gwen Marie Collection Purses with a Purpose in 2014. Gwen continues to fulfill her mission on helping others. Her legacy on the go is the development of an online teaching community called The Rich Solution. We've been talking a bit about how the history of breast cancer came to be in her own situation. Now let's get into some of those ways that you started to talk about before the break, about how to maybe prevent some of that cancer. And you started talking about alcohol intake. Maybe take off from pick up from where you left off there if you would go in.
2: Sure. So we do know that breast cancer damages the cell DNA. That's something we do know. But we do not know exactly, unless you have the BRCA gene, what causes cancer. There are risk factors. And some of them that they do know, as I mentioned, is Drinking alcohol, that can increase your risk of getting cancer, as well as it being in the family. Those are two that we know of. And then, of course, there's many other risk factors that they're really not sure if it has, you know, if they can pinpoint any one thing. Um, What I think is really cool, I get really excited. This is from all the research I've done, even before I was diagnosed, that we know about epigenetics. Okay, so this is a really new and exciting field in science and it studies the human behavior and how it can affect gene expression. This goes back to those who are worried about having cancer. Maybe they have the BRCA gene in their family or maybe they know they have the BRCA gene, the mutation. So we're talking about gene expression. So we can't change which genes we inherit from our parents. We can though through our behavior change whether or not those genes are turned off and on. And I think this is so cool. So you have to remember that a faulty gene that you've inherited can only hurt you if it's turned on. So there was a recent study and it was about the study of a spiritual practice. And it showed that meditating for a very short uh, period of time significantly changed gene expression Mm. in a healthy promoting so this is so cool so in other words something like spiritual practice meditation which I'll talk about later can actually turn healthy genes on and the healthy ones turned off so this is a really great discovery for cancer patients or those who are interested in reducing their risks of a cancer diagnosed or even a a reoccurrence Um, so as I want to get into patients or someone who is just once reduce their risks, can focus on uh, certain behaviors like your diet, spiritual practice, exercise, and so much more, so that we can keep those genes turned off. Um, and this you can also do with chronic diseases, so and autoimmune symt- symptoms as well. And we know that literally most everybody in our society is not only dealing with cancer or someone who has cancer, but Our health, we're having failing health. We're living longer, but the quality of life is worse. So I think this is a really neat, um, something that I just found recently. And it just gives me hope. And I think it would give others hope as well to know that it's an empowerment, that we can do so much to, to reduce the risks of us getting cancer.
1: Does that make sense? It does, and it is incredibly empowering and encouraging, Gwen. I thank you so much for sharing that. And of course, I have a burning question. As somebody who does like to have a glass of wine at the end of the day. How does alcohol work to increase the risk of cancer? What What's going on with the alcohol?
2: Um, I don't really know that specifically. I know that if you have cancer... I know that the the sugar in it, which turns into glucose, is actually what the cancer feeds off of, but I'm really not sure of the science behind it before you're diagnosed. I don't know. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. It's okay.
1: No, just fascinating. Very, very. You gave us some really amazing information. And, you know, what I also really appreciate too is to your point earlier about people getting maybe they find out they have the BRCA gene and they're like, well, what's the point? I just give up. I surrender. But yet when you consider there is so much that's within their control to be able to impact their risk of getting cancer or it spreading or getting worse, I, I'm, I'm finding that very encouraging.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm. A- I have three pillars to my business. It's empowerment, community, and faith. And empowerment to me is so big. When we, when I talk to you about some of the other things you can, to me, I look at that and it just gets me so excited because it's you've got to put in the work, okay? Um, but there is a lot that you can do. We don't have to take a diagnosis as and accept it as fate even cancer diagnosis okay um so i want people when they hear that so even whether you're given an autoimmune disease whether you have um a cardiovascular disease type 2 or 3 diabetes cancer you don't have to accept it as fate there's so much that you can do to improve your quality of health um and I think that's just really encouraging and hopeful. I mean, sometimes that's all people have is hope. I know there's been times where that's all I had.
1: <laughs> so hope is medicine for me. hmm Well, so you said empowerment. What were the other two pillars of your business? Oh, spirituality, and faith. Okay, community and faith. Would you yeah. say a little bit more about those other two? I know we're going to say more about what you're up to later, but just briefly touch on those if you would. Sure. So community...
2: I think people need to know community is really important. Every person needs to have a community in all the different areas of your life so that when you are faced with something, when you have a problem, when your problem gets so big, you do have someone there, other people to help you get it, get through it. Um, I mean, it can go beyond, you know, a spouse, a loved one, uh, siblings, um, friends. We're talking about these can be acquaintances. These could be um, someone you work with. You need, need to build those communities in all the different areas. Again, it's really important. So much about what we do these today is we go online to find out all the information and, and we can even connect with people. But what we're finding is that what it really is disconnecting all of us from each other all the social media so so I would encourage people there are times when that's good you can go online and you can find all the different forums and all the different subjects but when once you do that then go offline to then connect with people in your community so that you have it there if you need it I'll give Mm -hmm. you an example Um, so I was diagnosed a, a month later I broke my neck I'm doing a very short condensed version. So I broke my neck and it was due to the fact I fell down some stairs um, because of my cancer was so bad in my bones. Um, So had the infusion. So they replaced a bone in my neck. And when I got home, I mean, I have to take care of myself and all that. Didn't even think about meals. So I had a husband and four kids and We put it out there on something called Meal Train, and within one day, my community filled two months worth of meals that people in my community would bring to me and my family. These are people, some of them were friends, good friends, some of them were acquaintances, some of them I didn't even really know, and that's because we didn't realize it, but we had been building communities in these different areas and then it was there for us when we were going through our challenges and problems so it's really important Gwen you are just amazing you fell (laughs) down a flight of stairs and broke your neck on top of all of this yeah but that it was something where if you fell slipped and fell you'd be like oh gosh well that hurt a little bit maybe I'd get a bruise but unfortunately because my bones were so damaged
1: I ended up breaking it so you know that's what comes along with the disease. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I got it. Okay. Well, would you say for our listeners? I want to make sure that I don't attempt a way to describe this because I want to make sure that's right. So you got diagnosed when, and I think you told me when we first spoke that you're beyond when they expected you to live. Is that right? Right. Yes.
2: So I actually, it's on a MRI in 2004, the cancer, but, None of the doctors saw it until 2012. 2012, November 6th is when I actually got the diagnosis and it was in my bones. When it, in 2004, it was in my bones as well. So technically, I've had it for 14 years. I've known about it for just over five. Someone who has my type and stage cancer, uh, the stats are only one out of four will actually make it to the five-year mark. So even if you go to when I got diagnosed, that five-year mark was in November. So I've definitely lived beyond my expiration. Um, I definitely have a few friends who were diagnosed um, with my type and stage cancer, and they didn't make it past a year, year and a half since their diagnosis. So I've done all these things. When I talk about empowerment and I talk about that gene expression, and there's so much that you can do, well, that's what I did from the first day that I left my doctor's office. Even though my doctors, even today, oncologists roll, roll their eyes at what I do, I don't care because until you're given an incurable diagnosis, you have no idea what you are will and will not do because I want to be here to make a difference. I want to see my kids go through life cycle events that most people take for granted. And
1: so, Yeah. Oh my gosh, Gwen. It's so amazing to have you on the show and get you to be able to share with the listeners across the globe this really important message. And it is empowering. And I love what you're up to and what you stand for. I totally saw you as somebody who is absolutely working on purpose. And again, that's why I wanted to have you on the show for that reason as well. And just appreciate everything that you're sharing and who you are. Thank you. Thank you. I'm
2: excited to be here because this, I do feel like I am, if you hear my story, you know, how could they not find the cancer, right? Eight mammograms, eight doctors, eight radiologists, and nobody found it. It wasn't meant to happen. And that's when, when I get into the faith, which is my third pillar. I've had... A number of things that have happened through um, with my family, with um, health crisis, with two of my children. I've made a pact with God and I really believe that I am doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, helping others through my experience. So I'm very comfortable and at peace with that.
1: And it certainly shows, Gwen. It certainly shows. And it's just incredible. It is incredibly inspiring and empowering. And I do see that. In my research of looking at how people experience meaning in their work in relation to their identity or sense of self, one of the modes that I found is living my purpose. And I think that's what you're doing. You're living your purpose. Right.
2: Yeah. And And I have to say that before I was diagnosed, I struggled with that. I was I had the ideal job? I was a certified image consultant, so I helped women from head to toe look their best every day and build a fabulous functional wardrobe. I loved doing that. I loved helping women. I did, you know, philanthropic work. I have, like I said, a husband, four kids. Um, there was nothing wrong with my life, but something was missing, and then it turned took a, a definitely some events. Um, And then, of course, me getting cancer to finding this purpose and and feeling the most meaningful and purposeful ever in my life.
1: I really appreciate that. In fact, a few weeks on this show, I had Steve Gavatorta on and he wrote a book that addresses the power and gift of adversity. And he says that embracing adversity is really what allows us to become the person we're meant to become. And it seems like that's certainly true for you.
2: Yes, and, and, you know, you mentioned before you thought I was strong. I certainly, from this experience, realized that I'm a lot stronger than I thought, but going back to some health challenges with a couple of my kids, you know, you wonder why those things happen, and we'll never know why, but I know it made me stronger, and I did all this research. I Found all this stuff so then all of a sudden i got cancer and it helped me be right there at that place to know where to go and what to do and be much more comfortable with it so i, I agree with your other guest host um yeah i
1: really mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. makes a big difference indeed indeed well is, is there anything else you want to say about how women can prevent cancer before we take our next break <laughs>
2: How much time before the break? (laughs) I got three hours. Go for it. No, I'm just There we go. (laughs) I do have a lot to say. So women can do so much, okay? One of the first things that I know no one's going to want to hear about it, but it's changing your diet, okay? Exercise, sleep patterns, reducing your stress, environmental toxins, your gut health, the importance of communities, which I just talked to you about faith, which is different than finding a religion or being religious, meditation, which I'll talk about, and then having purpose in life. Um, But diet is the first thing. It's the biggest needle mover. So whether you have cancer or not, you want to reduce your risks, you need to go to a whole Food-based diet, a plant-based diet. We've got to get away from the processed food. You got to get away from the processed, refined sugar and refined carbohydrates. Um, this can, it you know, food is medicine, and it can dramatically change your body, your immune system to actually function the way it's supposed to. Um, exercise. You can reduce your risks for cancer by thirty-two percent just by exercising and I'm not talking you don't have to go run marathons you know it's getting your body moving start do something there's just so much evidence about how exercise is just so good for your body it's so good for your brain health they say even you know with these neurodegenerative diseases like dementia and alzheimer's if you exercise you can reduce your chances of getting those two significantly we didn't know that so many years ago and so they're saying right now if you live to 85 50% of us are going to have either dementia or Alzheimer's. That's pretty sad. So right now, empowerment, you know that if you can start exercising, you change your diet, you start making some lifestyle changes, you can reduce that. And we're talking, my philosophy, and I talk about in my book, is about small actions. I'm definitely not of the belief that you need to take big actions to get rid of big problems. It's about taking small actions actions and over a long period of time incremental changes can have enormously positive results that is what I've done over the last five years i have all these things that I talk about I talk the talk and walk the talk I've all done this um, talk about supplements supplements to me are, are not optional we need supplements because we're not getting all the nutrients we need from our soil we're not getting the nutrients because our produce is picked two weeks at least earlier than it's ripe and the time it, transportation time it takes us to get to us. So we're losing so much of a percentage of that nutrition. If you take an orange and what your grandparents, uh, the nutrition they got, we're getting about 40% of that. Um, most every person has some type of a nutrient deficiency. And of course, if you look at the standard American Western diet, we're not getting what we need to thrive and survive.
1: Wow, that's a lot to, to contemplate. And clearly you you are a living, breathing example of why this is a good idea. Let's yep. grab a, our next final break here, Gwen, and we'll come back. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Gwen Rich. She's a wife, mother of four, an accredited image stylist, small business owner, philanthropist, and Wall Street Journal best-selling author of Stop Complaining, Make Your Own Luck. She joins today from Chicago, Illinois. We've been talking about various ways that men and women can prevent cancer. After the break, we'll hear maybe a bit more about that and also what she's doing to create a living legacy for herself and for anyone else that may care to listen. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
3: Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.alisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose.
0: This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A L I S E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose.
1: If you're just tuning in, my guest is Gwen Rich. After eight years and eight misdiagnoses, Gwen was ultimately diagnosed with incurable metastatic breast cancer in 2012. Struggling to decide with what to do with the time she had left, she launched the Gwen Marie Collection, Persons with a Purpose, in 2014. Gwen continues to fulfill her mission of helping others. Her legacy on the go is the development of an online teaching community called The Rich Solution. We'll hear more about that in just a moment. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So on the break, you and I were quickly chatting that there's at least one more thing that you want to share while we have just limited time left about preventing cancer and that's meditation gwen yeah what what did you want to share about that
2: thank you for letting me talk about that so in addition to diet being the first thing you need you should do it's the biggest needle mover at the same time meditation as i talked earlier remember how that gene expression you could turn it on or off so meditation they're finding has so much to do with brain health you can Reduce your stress, which we need to do. Um, I don't think that we we talk enough about gratitude. Practicing gratitude can really shift your perspective. And if you're going to do something like making changes in your diet, which may seem simple, but they're not easy, because if they were easy, everybody would do it, you're going to need to shift or reframe a way the way you think about a lot of things because you're changing your habits. So meditation really um, can make your life concretely better. People don't understand that. Scientifically proven, it's a life hack. So it can lead to better mental health, physical health, uh, more energy, and less pain. So people underestimate meditation. So I think people really need to take a look into that.
1: Thank you. I know I've done a little bit a little of that recently on myself, and I have noticed an amazing difference. And now that I understand the health benefits, I, I think I want to make that more of a practice. Thank you very much, Gwen. Sure. <laughs> I'm convinced. Thank you. Um, Thanks for adding mission. one more thing to your list. Right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I think I can work that in. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, as we we mentioned before, I mean, there's so much of who you are is just in complete alignment with the show and what I'm trying to do for 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 listeners across the globe and. You know, standing for passion and working on purpose. I, I want to learn more about this Gwen Marie collection. Purpose, uh, no, purses with a with a purpose. That is just brilliant. Tell Thank us you. more about this.
2: Yeah, so that was something that it took me six months to figure out what I was going to do with my life, and it and it came back to those who had heard heard about my diagnosis all said well you know what? go back and do something you're passionate about so when I you know I stopped work and everything and and what came to me was sewing and sewing of course I hadn't done in a long time because life gets in the way and so I tried a handbag this was a leather handbag I had done totes before but not a handbag Um, and I really liked it when I was finished with it and it happened to be around the end of August and I thought you know what I'm going to make handbags for the women in my family for the holidays I have enough time I can do this and so when I started thinking about my mom and how wonderful she is and I love her and you know what she's a cancer survivor as well and about the functionality of the purse and how special it needs to be that's when the light bulb went off And I thought this is what I was meant to do is to make handbags for women to raise money for breast cancer research. But more than that, it was to help the cancer community. It was to connect and comfort the cancer community because I know I felt alone and I knew others do too. And so what better not way to have handbags where if you're diagnosed with cancer, your friend can support the cause by buying you a handbag and you know that they care about you from this gift or maybe your friends carry it as a symbol to support you and the cause. So, and, and then of course to raise money for breast cancer research was really important because we haven't found a cure yet. Um, my kids came up with the name Gwen Marie and I think it was a year and a half or so later we launched the Gwen Marie Collection Purses with a Purpose. So, you know, when I got my diagnosis, I could have acted in two ways. I could have been in the victim mode. It's really not in my playbook, but I took a stand. I figured out how to live to my best ability, and I chose the latter. So I'm so glad I did because it did give me that purpose to get up every day. My passion allowed me to feel good about getting up every day because prior to that, I really didn't feel like I had anything to get up for.
1: You are truly a living walking breathing billboard for what I keep saying live with passion work on purpose in right. every way Gwen it's amazing and so beautiful and so empowering and I, I love the idea of, of these purses and and I, in fact let me just grab this really quick where can our listeners find out about them is it on the rich com website or someplace else.
2: Correct. The two okay. places. It's still the Gwen Marie collection is still up, but they can find everything at
1: richsolution.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, great. Well, and I do know you say, you, you told me before, and this is also on your website, that you donate all of your proceeds from those purses to the University of Chicago Medicine for cancer research. Why this institution? Yes,
2: yeah, so that's a great question um, because I did look at a number of organizations that did research and the university of chicago medicine was one of the ones that i came in they had a power presentation dr fleming and dr cozen actually talked about my type stage of cancer and it was like a no-brainer. It's was like, okay, these guys are local. They are a research hospital. This is where the funds are going to go to. I, another point that's really important to anybody who's going through cancer is that you, you're, you need to be at a place that you're comfortable with and you need to love your doctor. And so a teaching hospital is, I would recommend that before any other hospital. Um, my doctor, Dr. Fleming, is... A researcher with oncology and then spends a couple days out of her week seeing patients like myself and she is two years ahead of other oncologists as far as what's coming down the pike and when you're in my situation or you know you're not an easy case you need someone like that um, that's going to give you the care that you need and not make mistakes so it's mm. very important yeah, that was,
1: that was such a great way to be able to clarify why, why you're giving to this particular university and what, what's, what, what's around that as well for our listeners. That was great. Thank you for that. Sure. We're getting close to running out of time here. And I, I before we go, I, I really have to hear about this legacy on the go online teaching community that you're up to. So what's the community all about? Um, what can, when, how can how people can get involved?
2: How can you get involved yeah well you can go to my website because that's where i have lots of content i have a form that you can fill out it's about having a consult about legacy on the go you can read my book we talk about legacy on the go in the book a lot excuse me we write about that um <clears throat> excuse me it is You know, a major theme to what I do, and in the book, Um, because you know what? When I when I first was diagnosed, I did a webinar to help reduce the risks of cancer for women, so they could feel empowerment. But I still got to a point where I had all this knowledge, and I knew I needed to do more. I knew my goal was bigger than myself, but I wasn't going to let that stop me. And so, I'm in the process of coming up with a program to help people figure out what their legacy on the go is. But in the meantime, they can go to our site. They can, um, purchase a book, stop complaining, make your own luck. I also have more content. It's all about content at the Patreon.com. Um, I'm just looking to help people as much as I can. The other thing is I have weekly um, Facebook live or regular videos that's on mental minutia. So we talked about mental attitude is so important and also eliminating toxins. So it's all about helping you and your lifestyle, again, to reduce the risks of cancer. Or even if you have cancer, how you can um, improve your quality of life as well as Go in remission or slow down your cancer in someone like my case.
1: Mm -hmm. This is amazing, Gwen. So I think I know the answer to this question that I want to ask you next. But maybe say in about a minute or so, what is the legacy you're working hard to leave behind?
2: Well, I want people to be inspired by my story. I hope it doesn't take you know, a tragedy or problem to take action. I want people to take action. That's the most important thing. You may not know what you wanna do, just take action and it will lead you down the road to where you're supposed to be. And that my story can be inspiring. Use my story, my system, the 5% solution, which is taking the small actions. And over time, the incremental changes will have an enormous effect Uh, positive you'll get positive results in your life so I want other people to know that they can turn their worst into their best I mean if we look at a lot of the organizations a lot of things that are are founded it is come out of a need or it's come out of a problem and so we all have problems some bigger than others and so to not rule that out you know find the blessings um in your problems i think it's really important we need to keep imagining and creating which gives us a sense of purpose so if you lack those things it's there's definitely a pervasive sense of emptiness that becomes the default so the great seduction later on in life is that many of us feel excuse me fill the vacuum with false friends i'm sure you you we have many people. Many people we know like this, and they fill it with material things, medication, which could be legal and otherwise. Where if you can find that passion, whether it's for a person, a business, a cause, or a situation, having those strong emotions towards something outside yourself
1: really fuels life purpose. Perfect way to finish, Gwen. Sorry to cut you off. That is a beautiful way to close. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for coming on the air and sharing your beautiful spirit, soul, and person with us
2: thank you so much thank you for having me look forward to talking with you again
1: you are so welcome if you want to learn more about Gwen Rich her purses with, with purpose uh, for purpose or her the rich solution legacy on the go online teach community go to therichsolution.com next week we'll be on the air with author Farhana Kazi, who is a women's empowerment and terrorism expert we'll be talking about her own journey towards self-empowerment work as a terrorism expert and her new book called Invisible Martyrs Inside the Secret World of Female Islamic Radicals see you there Remember that work is at least a third of our lives, so let's work on purpose.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.